beautiful morning. We've been uh, making shifting plans on the run here, but I will want to let you know more about that here in a minute. But first of all, let me just make a couple of announcements. Uh, first of all, we received yesterday the 2024 prayer booklets for Seacoast Community Church, and they're in the back of the room, and you can see Eric to get your copy, or you can pick one off the table back there, but they are fresh off the press, and you definitely want to get one and use that as a prayer guide during the upcoming year. Uh, many of you know, and some of you may not, the Maribals have a new member of their family, um, Ademi Elias Maribal, and uh, wants to be known as Elias, so when you see him, make sure you tell him that. So, uh, Ademi's wife, though, uh, Caitlin, uh, came down with COVID after delivery, and so Ademi, appropriately enough, is home with the family, and uh, he himself probably isn't feeling 100%, and so uh, we had in initially anticipated uh, having the sermon delivered through um, like a Zoom video type of thing. However, we have been blessed today with a special uh, change in the venue. And Eduardo Rosa, who many of you know has been here before, happened to show up today. And he happened to be appointed to preach today. So he's hurriedly putting together his sermon in the pew while I drag the announcements out. So anyway... <laughs> But anyway, uh, welcome, Eduardo, to uh, back to the Seacoast Church, and uh, look forward to your inspirational thoughts put together on short fuse. So, again, welcome to all of you. Uh, this is also a time that we continue well into January, what's known as the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering. And in your worship guides that you hopefully got as you came in, you'll find an envelope that looks like this. There are also similar envelopes on the back wall. And this is a means by which you can support international missions. And 100% of everything that's put in this envelope goes directly to mission support. There is no percentage that's skimmed off for management. It's 100% right in the hands of people that need it. And it's very important you contribute to this because all other churches of our denomination do this as well at the same time. And all of that money goes into a fund that finances missionaries that go around the world. <clears throat> it's one of the luxuries of the way in which Southern Baptist churches operate in that an individual or a couple uh, can go on the field and they don't have to raise their funds. It's done by folks like you and I cooperatively working to put it all together. The Garlingtons that we just empowered the other day to go to a church in the uh, Asia Minor are an example of that. Uh, they didn't have to worry about running around raising funds. The Southern Baptist Convention funds their entire operation through the International Mission Board. <clears throat> and you can help by putting something in here and putting it in the offering box or going online. There's also an option for that. So I don't want to belabor the point, but as a church, we did set a goal of $2,023, sort of symbolic of the year, I guess, and uh, feel free to contribute as you feel led, and we'll be doing that offering 
two or three weeks into January. Uh, on a personal note, uh, uh, my ex entire family wants to thank this church for the way in which they supported the memorial service yesterday. It was, I think, a real uh, blessing to everyone in my family, and we stayed up late last night talking about it. So thank you very much. Um, so that concludes what I'd like to share. Um, and so I'll ask uh, Edwan to uh, lead us in, in music. Music's an interesting method by which we praise God. And I want you to think about the words as you sing and recognize who we're singing to. So Edwan, you're on. Appreciate it, Jerry. Church, God bless you. Uh, let's stand first. Um, let me, <clears throat> I want to share a call to worship, which is a psalm and a, a prayer to the Lord on. And it says, but let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing, joy, uh, <clears throat> ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may exalt in you. So let's, let's do just that this morning. Amen. Let's sing together. Joyful, joyful. Sing together, joyful, 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 we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love, hearts unfold like flowers before thee, opening to the sun above, melt the clouds of sin and sadness, drive the dark of doubt away. Giver of immortal gladness, fill us with the light of day. All thy works, all thy works with joy surround thee, earth and heaven reflect thy rays, stars and angels of unbroken praise, field and forest, vale and mountain, flowery meadow, flashings, chanting bird and flowing fountain, call us to rejoice in thee. giving and thou art giving and forgiving ever blessing ever blessed a wellspring of the joy of living ocean depth of happy rest and thou art Join the mind. 
Let's pray. Lord, Father, you're worthy of our praise. Lord, your word calls us to to love one another, to honor each other above above ourselves, bearing one another's burdens as we set our eyes on the cross, laboring together in your name. God, help us, Lord, to be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. You're worthy of our praise, God. Pray these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, you may be seated. We all, well, good morning. Incredible power in prayer. And I think if you reflect back on your individual lives and the life of the church collectively, you can see where God has worked in very specific and personal ways, oftentimes responding to the prayers and petitions of his children. And so uh, let's do just that as we bow our heads and look to a high and holy God, a God of the universe, God of all creation, but also the God of our individual lives. So let's pray. Oh, Lord, Father of all things, creator of the universe, Father of time and eternity, you are endless, you are perfect, you are the epitome of love and And we just come humbly before you just to acknowledge your lordship of our lives. This morning we come on the footstep of a new year. As we reflect on the past and look to the future, we just stop and ask your divine intervention in our lives, and not individually, but also collectively. And From an individual level, Lord, we just pray for our pastor and his wife and their new child. Lord, what an an awkward time to come down with an illness while you're celebrating the birth of their son. And so, Lord, we, we ask your hand to be very visible in their lives for the Prince of Peace to invade their home and to give them calmness in the face of illness. Lord, we ask your healing hand in in Caitlin's life and and the pastor as well. We pray that that illness would not spread to to young Ademi Elias. And so, Lord, we pray for them very wholeheartedly, specifically, and We just thank you for the power of prayer and especially ask you for answered prayer. And Lord, as we look back on the past year, we see 
in a world full of turmoil and conflict, some of which we struggle to understand how hate and powers and principalities come into play. So Lord, we boldly pray for peace in the Mideast, but we also pray for a healing in our own country as we struggle with racism, as we struggle with how to handle immigration, how to handle economics, how to handle political infighting, and we sit back here in the comfort of our pew and, and say, Lord, just heal our nation. And as we work down the geographic perspective, we come right to New England, an area of our country that used to be so boldly evangelical and now is the least of that. And so, Lord, we pray for a resurgence, a fervor of love for you and a desire to share our faith boldly wherever we go. So, Lord, may in the year 2024 be a, uh, an emphasis on power power of prayer, but also putting feet to the fire and sharing our faith with those around us. Lord, we pray that our church will be a lighthouse here on the seacoast that will draw people unto you and hear the gospel presented boldly and clearly. We thank you for Eduardo, who's willing to step into the breach and share from his heart whatever God has laid on his. Lord, we pray for individuals in the church that may be struggling, some dealing with failing health. We think of Evelyn in Durgan Pine's home and ask for your presence to be made known to her in a way that will give her a sense of comfort. We pray for others that may be physically hurting at this time, spiritually hurting, that you as the Prince of Peace will invade their lives and give them a sense of purpose, a sense of your presence. May it be a, a source of renewal of faith and strength. Lord, you are high and holy God. We acknowledge your capacity to heal, your capacity to bring peace in the face of adversity. We elevate Christ in our prayer time as the divine counselor, the great intercessor for our lives. So Lord, just give us a great time of sharing this morning, hearing the Word of God, lifting our lips in prayer. For you are our source of hope. You are our Savior. You provide us with that wonderful gift of eternal life. But you also give us that wonderful gift of your divine presence in the here and now. So let's just bless our time together. And for those that are not here that perhaps are listening through live stream technology, may that same prayer go over the airwaves to them. So Lord, thank you for 
being here in our presence. Thank you for the uh, indwelling Holy Spirit. Lord, guide us and protect us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning, uh, dear saints. Uh, if you are seeing this message, it is because I am down. He, he is better dressed than I am. So he, <laughs> well, uh, it is, it is a joy to be back here with you guys. It is a, a joy and uh, just to, to gather. Uh, I was, I was coming up with my, uh, my brother up here and uh, Hebrews 12 is really important for the Christian life because Hebrews 12 tells us that the gathering of God's people on the Lord's day does something does something supernatural that we can't fully grasp. It actually, Hebrews 12, verse 22 and following says that when we gather together with God's people, we are going into the heavenly Jerusalem, the Zion, the the mountain of the Lord, and we are gathering with innumerable amount of angels to worship the living God. So, as weird as today may seem that a guy up here with some Nike sneakers and a hoodie is going to preach to you, and as weird as it is for me, because I just walked in and said, hey, Demi's a good friend, he's sick, and I said, hey, I, I know you don't really love to stream something. You love the physicalness of God's people together. If I could do something, let me know and how I can serve. And he said, yeah, go right ahead. So we're going to jump into the Word in just a moment, but I just want to let you guys know. That as weird as all the circumstances may be, you gathering, we gathering this morning matters. And we are entering into the heavenly realms with angels, church, to worship the living God. So today, I'm just going to share with you four four things from 1 Peter from this morning. So uh, what I want, uh, hopefully, maybe even an example 1 Peter tells us in 1 Peter 5 that elders are supposed to lead as examples. So hopefully, I'm not one of your pastors. I'm not one of your elders, but I'm hopefully a good brother in Christ. And the example for you this morning is that maybe you get a phone call, or maybe you go into work tomorrow or Tuesday, and someone asks you, as 1 Peter says, to give a defense of the gospel. And you don't have to give a sermon, but we do have to be ready for it. We have to be ready at one point or another to give a defense of the gospel, of the hope that is within us. And you won't have to do it from the pulpit, but you will have to do it from where you work and who's next to you because they've asked. And you could say, well, I'm not ready for it. (laughs) Or you can ask the Holy Spirit to prepare you and give you the words and just in boldness and with confidence just say, this is the hope that I have within me and I would like to share it with you. And that's what we're going to do this morning. So with that in mind, let me just say a quick word of prayer, and then we will jump into the text this morning. Lord, Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that we don't have to make anything up. That the, your word is a lamp unto our feet. That we can lean and trust and bank on your inspired and inerrant word and open it up and by the illumination of the Spirit know that you will speak to us. 
Lord, I personally thank you that I don't have to come up with crafty stories, illustrations, analogies, metaphors. I just need to be faithful to your word. So, Lord, I pray that your word this morning would wash us, would sanctify us, would mature us, would nourish us. Lord, that we would see you for who you are, that we would behold you, Lord Jesus, and be transformed from one degree of glory to another. Lord Jesus, would you do this work by your grace and your mercy, through your spirit, for your glory. It's in your name we pray. Amen. I think thinking about the new year, we can think about the past and then look at the future, what we just prayed. And and, and we ought to do that, look at what's ahead and plan for what's ahead. But sometimes when we do that, we we, we, we tend to think and forget and lose the past, and we don't want to do this. So this morning, I sort of want to keep us in the spirit of Christmas, in the spirit of Christianity, and keep us looking at Jesus and not forget the past before we move forward to the future. So what we're going to do this morning is just be in 1 Peter, and we're going to jump from verse to verse, but we're going to look at the Christian life and see how it can only be done in and through the person of Jesus Christ. You see, we just celebrated Christmas, but Christmas is worthy of celebration because of Jesus. Because the second person of the Trinity took on flesh and dwelt among us, and John would say in his his gospel, and we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the bedrock of our faith. So from 1 Peter, we're going to see how Jesus grounds four aspects of the Christian faith. So if you could, turn with me, 1 Peter, and we're going to look at chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. 1 Peter, chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. We read, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. The first thing that Peter reminds us about the person and work of Jesus Christ in regards to the Christian life is that we are born again in and through the work of Jesus Christ. You're going to see this in four passages we're going to look at, but if you turn back to the text, verse 3 tells us through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm not a good, um, uh, uh, what's it called, New Year's um, uh, resolutions. I'm never good at it. I tried, and the resolutions like stop by January 2nd. So I've, I've just, uh, my resolution was to never have a resolution. Okay, so I've just stopped with that. But all resolutions really answer the question of the what. What do you want to do? Well, you want to get in better shape. You, maybe your resolution is to buy a better car. Your resolution is to do the what. But har- we hardly ever ask the how. How will we get in better shape? How will we grow in our relationships? And Peter here tells us the how. He tells us the what. The what is that we have been born again, and the how It's through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Jesus, in his resurrection, I was just, we were just praying on our way here. When we think about the Lord's Day on Sunday, it's the first day of the week, and the Lord does it on on purpose. 
Because the first day of the week reminds us that it is a new week. It is a new creation. Jesus is, in regard, in what we learn in the Bible, is the first fruits of the new world. He has the new life. And because he's been resurrected in the new world and we have been united to him, we partake of that new life. Church, you don't have life if Jesus doesn't have life. We don't get to gather here and rejoice in being new creations unless Jesus himself has entered into the new creation that awaits us when he comes and reveals it to us. Your Christian life is nothing without the life of Jesus. And, and what is this life? Well, we have been born again to hope and an inheritance, is what First Peter says. Everyone here, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you have hope. It is this hope that when Paul writes to the Thessalonians and he says, do not grieve like the world grieves when someone passes away. You can grieve with hope. You see, the Christian knows that they can have hope even in the midst of death because Jesus taught his disciples, Martha and Mary, even though you die, you will live because I am the resurrection. All God's people have hope in this life and in the life to come, but they also have hope even if it's not death, they have hope in the midst of suffering. And that's what's beautiful about First Peter. You see, First Peter is written because they are in the midst of suffering. So turn with me to First Peter 4.19. This is, I think, this is the thesis of First Peter. He says, Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their soul to a faithful creator while doing good. This is, 1 Peter is written because God's people are exiled. They are suffering. And he tells them, well, you can suffer with hope because the faithful creator will give you hope. The faithful creator will do good for you. You can entrust your soul because when he comes back, he will make all things right. So church, we have been born to a living hope and then an inheritance. I, I, I joke around because... Um, I have three girls, and, and, and hopefully the Lord, if he, if he tarries, he gives me many, many years. But the inheritance that I will leave my girls, if hopefully is not debt, but like it also won't be like riches, okay? I don't, I don't have a lot to, to leave. You know, I'm a, I'm a full-time pastor, not to a, just a small New England church. There's not there a lot to leave. But that's not our father. You see, the inheritance that we get from God. In Romans, Paul says, we will inherit the world. We will inherit everything in Christ, every riches that he has. He, in him, we inherit everything. You won't miss out. I don't know what you missed out on Christmas. Maybe you were looking for your Xbox or your PlayStation. Maybe you are looking for some new earrings, some diamond studs. I don't know what you missed out on. <laughs> But you won't miss out on anything because the inheritance that is there for us awaits us. In and through the resurrection of Jesus Christ Church, we have been born again to a living hope and to a great inheritance. And look at, the, look at the adjectives that are given here. 
imperishable, undefiled, unfading. Does this not remind us of when Jesus teaches us? Set your treasures in heaven because there neither moths will destroy nor thieves break in and steal. Everything in Jesus will be secured forever. So that's the first thing about the Christian life. We have been born again, and, and that, that, that's the key word. The how is through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now the second thing that in the Christian life, in light of the person and work of Jesus Christ, is that we are able to present acceptable offerings or sacrifices to the Lord. So turn with me to chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2, and we'll read verses 4 and 5. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Every good deed that you do, if it's not done in the name of Jesus and through Jesus, the text tells us it's not acceptable to God. If we want to live acceptable lives unto God, it must be done through the person of Jesus Christ. And I think what this means, because we have it elsewhere in Hebrews and in Romans, is that it is done in faith of what Christ has done. You see, a sacrifice was something that you brought to the temple and you presented it to God and it had to go through a priest to be accepted by God. Well, this is what the Bible tells us in Hebrews 4, that he is the faithful high priest by which we can bring every good work unto him and say, Lord, will you accept our singing? Will you accept my parenting? Will you accept my marriage? Will you accept my education? Will you accept any piece of living that I do? Will it be done in faith for the glory of Jesus? We will not be accepted, church. And, and, I, and I, we have to see this, right? Verse, verse 5, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. That, that, that means that the inverse is also true, that there are, spirit, there are sacrifices that are not acceptable to God. If we want to go before the Lord and be received, we must do so in faith, through the person of Jesus Christ. You see, our lives begin with Jesus, and they continue with Jesus as we go before the Lord, and we do it in his name and in faith that we are only accepted by the high priest who is Jesus Christ. Okay, so we're born again. We are received through Jesus Christ, now, one more through. Hopefully you see the connection here is this idea of through the resurrection of Jesus, through Jesus Christ. Now, chapter 2, verses 20 through 22 in First Peter. For what credit is it if when you sin you are beaten for it, you endure? 
But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing and, uh, in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. You see, the third area of the Christian life that must go through the person of Jesus is your suffering. The text tells us that Jesus has left us an example. And again, this is the, the theme of First Peter, is this idea of suffering. You can go back with me to chapter 1, verse 6. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. This is similar language that you find first in James in chapter 1. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. The Christian life is going to be riddled with sufferings and trials. It, it, is, it is ironic that on the week that you celebrate the birth of a son, you would be sick. <laughs> it is ironic that other people could celebrate any other joyous occasion and go through the loss of a family member, loss of a job. The Christian life does not exempt you from heartaches, from trials. And the text tells us, and this is where the rubber meets the road, James, Peter tells us that the way you confront that trial and that adversity is not with tight teeth and grinding your teeth through it and angry at everybody, but with joy. With joy. So how do we do this? How do we do it with joy? Well, we look at the example of Jesus, who again in Hebrew says he endured the cross for the joy set before him. Church, I, I don't even know. It could be tonight you can get a phone call that something went, went wrong. T today you can walk and get into an accident. It doesn't have to be take your life. You just got into an accident. You can stub your toe. You can lose your wallet. Just because you are following Jesus doesn't mean that your life is going to go really easy. Actually, if anything, it's going to go harder. <laughs> That's what the Bible says. Blessed are those who are persecuted for my name's sake. Uh, Paul tells Timothy, he promises persecution for those who are, who are seeking godly lives. What a prom Every, Everybody loves the promises of God. When was the last time you heard Paul tell Timothy, I promise you persecution if you seek godly lives? <laughs> we are going to suffer and go through trials, and the only way we will do it is by looking at the example set for us by Jesus on the cross who suffered willingly and joyfully for the joy that was set before him. So, we're born again to this great living hope, to this great inheritance. We can live lives that are acceptable to God through Jesus. We can walk through suffering in light of Jesus. And then lastly, all that we do will be to the glory of God, but it can only be done through the mediated work of our great high priest Jesus. So, let's turn to the last one, chapter 4 in 1 Peter Verses 10 through 11. 
It's each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You want to seek God's glory? You want to do everything for the glory of God? Well, it has to be mediated through the work and person of Jesus Christ. In the Gospels, especially the Gospel of John, uh, when the disciples ask Jesus, when they see the, the man born blind, and they ask him, Jesus, who sinned? Was it this man or was it his parents? You guys remember Jesus' response? He says, it was neither. This man's born like this for the glory of God. And then Jesus heals the man. And, and what's ironic about John 9 is that at the beginning of John 9, the Pharisees tell this man, you must give glory to God because it couldn't have been Jesus. And at the end, the man leaves rejoicing and praising God through Jesus. <laughs> he did. He did what the Pharisees told him to do. He just did it through the right means. He glorified and worshipped God through the person and work of Jesus Christ. Church, Jesus isn't just a nice story we tell our kids or we tell our grandkids or we might even tell each other on Christmas Day on Easter, Jesus is the bedrock of our faith. It is in Jesus that we are born again. It is in Jesus that we can even come before a holy God and present acceptable offerings to him. It is in Jesus that we will suffer and walk through this life as we look at his own suffering. And church, I mean this in the smallest little sufferings. You know what I hate? I hate, and, I'm, and I, when I use the word hate, we were just talking about this, my brother was like, hate, hate is a strong word. I was like, I know, and that's why I'm using it. I hate the dentist, okay? I know if you're a dentist here, I am so sorry. I don't like the dentist, but the dentist hurts my teeth so much. And you know what allows me to walk through the pain of the dentist? I am not joking, you church. I say, if Jesus endured nails through his hand, I can endure half an hour here or whatever it is. But that is, that is taking the gospel truth and applying it to a gospel life. You see, because you can, you can extrapolate this to however you and trials or sufferings you're walking through. You see, you can say, my friend left me, and you can tell yourself, well, he left me an example of Walking with a guy for three years who saw all his miracles, who saw all of the good things he did, and this guy turned around and sold him for money. And you're like, okay, well, that, Judas is a wrong example. What about the other ones <laughs> who go and run away when the shepherd is stricken and the sheep fall away? When you walk through personal turmoils with friends or family members who in the gospel of Mark were told are searching for Jesus 
because they think he's crazy. Church, his brothers thought he was crazy. If you think your family members are saying that they must be cuckoo to believe in a religion that is 2,000 years ago saying that the God-man took on flesh, he walked on water, he died, rose again, ascended into heaven, is reigning, is going to return. They're like, none of this makes sense. You're in good company. (laughs) The family of Jesus thought he was crazy. We are going to walk through these sufferings and trials, but we can do it through the example that he leaves us. And then lastly, if we are going to live lives that are going to honor and glorify God, it can only be done through the person of Jesus Christ. Church, keep looking back and keep looking forward at what he has done and what he will continue to do, but don't look past the person of Jesus Christ. There isn't, there isn't another level of Christianity. It isn't like I can check off Jesus and I got that. I'll put him in a box and keep on going. No, Jesus. Jesus is at the center of all that we do from the beginning of our lives, giving, being given new lives, to the end of our lives where everything that we do is for his honor and glory. As you... Tomorrow, as you turn the page to a new year, just remind yourselves, I want to remind myself that it is in and through the person of Jesus Christ that we will live our lives. So let me just close with one more verse. It won't be from 1 Peter. It's from Romans chapter 11, verse 36. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Our lives are rooted and grounded in the person and work of Jesus, and we cannot move forward or past it. We just settle and rejoice and worship him and serve him for it. Would you pray with church? Lord Jesus, I pray that we would not you as an accessory to our faith. I pray that we would not see you as an add-on to our faith. I pray that we would not see you as just a mere doctrinal truth that we have to assent to. But Lord, I pray that we would see you as our very lives. That we do not have life unless you have life that we cannot go before God unless you, as our great high priest, has gone before us, that we would not be able to suffer and go through the trials unless you had suffered and gone through the trials. Lord, that we would not be able to bring honor to God unless you brought the most honor and glory to God. Everything that we do is done in and through you and for you, Lord, I pray that you would be at the center of all that we do. That it is not our own lives, but that we belong to you. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would radiate in our hearts affections. That we would love you. That we would rejoice in you. That we would put our trust and our hope in you. Lord Jesus, Would you cause us to see that you are 
the most beautiful and most majestic and most radiant being or thing there ever is, will be, and ever has been. Lord, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would cause us, that we would set our our affections, our, our sight on the Lord Jesus Christ, and that we would be transformed into his image, one degree of glory to another. Forgive us, forgive us for how we have shifted our gaze from Jesus and placed it on other things, whether it's money, whether it's power, whether it's jobs, education, whether it's comfort in relationships, whatever it is, Lord, forgive us for how we have placed our hopes on other things other than you, Lord Jesus. And until you come, would you cause us by your grace and your mercy to rely and to trust in you so that from the beginning of our lives into the end of our lives as we walk alongside you, that it would be in and through you and nothing else. Not of our own efforts, not of our own striving, but through you, Lord Jesus. You are our great shepherd. You are Emmanuel, God with us. We love you, Jesus. Cause our hearts to love you even more. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Um, Church, in response to today's message, uh, today's word uh, of encouragement as well, let us stand. Let us uh, sing one more time together. Praise unto our Lord. How fitting, O church, arise. Amen. Our church, O church, arise. And put your armor on, hear the call of Christ our captain. For now the weak can say that they are strong in the strength that God has given. With shield of faith and belt of truth, we'll stand against the devil's lies. Army bold. out to those in darkness our call to war to love the captive soul but to rage against the captor and with the sword that makes the wounded whole we will fight with the Son of God is stricken, then see his foes like Christ beneath his feet, for the conqueror has risen, and as the stone is rolled away, 
Lord, that last verse that we just sang wraps up what we heard today in your message so well. So spirit come, put strength in every stride, give grace for every hurdle, that we may run with faith to win the prize of a servant good and faithful. And as saints of old still line the way, retelling triumphs of his grace, we hear their calls and hunger for the day when with Christ we stand in glory. Lord, may you be our joy in the midst of trials. God, being reminded of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Lord, as we were reminded today, we are nothing apart from the work of Jesus. Nothing apart from the work of Jesus. Remind us, God, of our living hope. And may we stand firm. May we stand firm, God, in the life that only you have graciously laid down for us. May we rejoice in that truth. Lead your church, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today's benediction comes to us from number six. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. You're dismissed, church. Have a happy new year.